Greetings, moms, dads, caregivers from all walks of life. Welcome to another enlightening episode of Unveiling a New View to Parenting. I'm your guide, Nikki, on this journey, and together we strive to question the norm, investigate the intricacies of parenting, and illuminate the path to nurturing effective strategies. Our focus for today's episode revolves around a topic that forms the foundation of a child's overall well-being, ensuring a lifetime of healthy sleep. No one can deny the impact of good night's rest on our little one's development and day-to-day disposition. Navigating the landscape of children's sleep can sometimes feel like trucking through a labyrinth in the dark. However, rest assured, our expert guest today has dedicated many a moonlit night to studying these nocturnal nuances and devising comprehensive strategies to promote better sleep for our children. And my dear friends, that in turn is a promise of a good sleep for your own selves. I am thrilled to introduce Danielle, who is the mom of four with seven years of experience in healthy sleep habits for children. Let's Thank get cozy you. and begin our enlightening conversation. Welcome, Danielle. So nice to have you. Thank you so much for having me today. Firstly, we would like to start by knowing, is it possible to establish healthy sleep habits from day one? Um, I mean, if yes, please do let us know how we could inculcate these healthy habits. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a fallacy that you start sleep training when you're older, when you have a four month old or even a two and a half year old or even older than that. But really coming home, you can start healthy sleep habits from day one. And typically what you would do is you would start by just placing them in their safe sleep space. So their bassinet, their crib, a pack and play, whatever you have for them and just letting them just kind of feel out their environment. And then when they're newborns, you just make sure that you have proper soothing techniques so that they then learn as they grow how to soothe themselves. So then sleep becomes easier because they say, oh, well, I know that if I'm in my bassinet, I'm supposed to be sleeping right now. So it's really important to come home after you have that baby and just make sure that you focus on healthy sleep habits and not just you know, holding them all day long, because in that token, you can also get out touched. And that's just not a good feeling when you're a mom in the beginning. And on top of that, you know, babies, newborns, infants go through so many different spurts, we call them milestones, developmental milestones. Um, Can you tell us some of the best ways to navigate sleep during these different regressions they may be experiencing, um, especially as they transition from newborn to infancy stage around three or four months? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things is that people don't always understand how regressions work. I work Mm -hmm. with a lot of families who say, oh, they've been in a regression for two months. That's not a regression anymore. That's a new habit. So I think understanding that, oh, we have a trouble time coming up and they might start waking more frequently. What can we do to soothe them as they wake more frequently that doesn't take a step backwards. So a lot of times parents are like, oh, I'm just going to give them a bottle. So, or, you know, nurse them to back to sleep because I know it works. But if they've been doing long stretches, they don't need that bottle or um, nursing session. So I always like to tell people to start with other soothing techniques. So rocking or, you know, swaying side to side or shushing or using a pacifier so that it's a short lived um, regression as opposed to something that can be dragged out for months. That's a new habit that sometimes we as parents don't even realize we're starting because we don't know how to properly handle it going into it. 
And so speaking of these techniques, you know, we're getting into the topic of sleep training, um, or sometimes I call it sleep coaching. I actually would like to know, is there a difference between training and coaching? Uh, And of course, (laughs) okay, good to know. Everyone, of course, Mm -hmm. also has an opinion about the babies being sleep trained or not. I certainly uh, am a huge advocate having twins to have instilled that healthy discipline in a um, nice, gentle manner. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the benefits of sleep training? Yeah, absolutely. I think the big one that always kind of shocks people is that babies need quantity and quality sleep. And sometimes parents get focused on, oh, well, you know, they'll sleep one day. Well, if they'll sleep one day, then I wouldn't be working with seven-year-olds who aren't sleeping through the night. And so instilling those healthy sleep habits in the beginning in the infancy, it also helps like with some unknown things like getting frequent colds or frequent illness, because if your body has time to heal, a baby is the same way we heal in our sleep. So the benefits far outweigh any negative thing you're going to read about sleep training or sleep coaching, because getting that quality sleep ensures a happy baby, a healthy baby, and a healthy mom and a healthy dad or caregiver, whoever that is, because then we're able to get healthy sleep and a quantity of sleep to be the best version of ourselves. Of course. So speaking about mom and dad, you know, here's a big question. It is difficult when you have one baby whose sleep cycle you have to sync with, especially when becoming a new parent. We um, were just talking to our postpartum coaches about the fourth trimester and how it's a lifestyle change and so many things go on in terms of having to take care of yourself, not just your baby. I guess, could you tell us how a parent should manage sleep when they have a toddler and, and an infant? I think absolutely. I think um, obviously I've done it a couple times, um, but I think the biggest thing is that having those healthy sleep habits in your toddler before the arrival of your baby, um, and doing that. I mean, even if it's a toddler who wakes up two or three times a night, you're gonna spread yourself way too thin if you're waking up with a newborn and you're waking up with a toddler. And there's an adjustment period when a baby comes along for the toddler anyway. So if you can start those healthy sleep habits, even if, you know, they didn't have that in infancy, but if you can really focus in and start prioritizing sleep in your household for the toddler by establishing some new routines and some healthy habits, um, it can really benefit because you know that you don't have to worry about your toddler's sleep. You have predictability in your day. Your toddler goes down at seven o'clock, they sleep through the night, they go down for a nap from one to three or whatever it is, and you can take care and tend to the baby at that time and not have to worry about managing two kids who aren't sleeping. And obviously a newborn wakes up every few hours to eat. So you can't exactly uh, expect a newborn to start sleeping through the night on day two. And of course, there's, you know, uh, there's probably a lot more to this question in terms of the difference in a toddler sleep training program versus an infant. But on a high level, are they the same in terms of the techniques? Or are there highlights of how Um, you would train an infant who's more coachable versus if someone has missed the boat and they want to train a toddler as they are establishing behavior patterns and independence, it's a lot different. Like some tips or tricks you could share? Yeah, exactly. I think the, the difficulty with toddlers is that they can express their opinions very clearly to you. 
So they can protest more. They have a higher um, uh, way for them to say no and they can cry more and they can throw tantrums more. And so a lot of times with toddlers, um, especially if they're over 18 months, then I say that it's a lot of just talking to them and it's talking them through it and they understand more than we think. So, you know, you tell your toddler to go put this toy on the shelf and they understand that. So if you start saying, hey, we're going to start a new bedtime routine, a lot of times I encourage my clients for toddlers to have a visual chart because they can see, oh, it's time to brush teeth. Oh, it's time to put on PJs. Oh, it's time to read a story. And that really helps. Um, But in reality, toddlers sometimes, I think also the parents get to a point where they're like, this is not healthy for me either. And this isn't healthy for my toddler. And they have a little less resistance to the sleep training part um, and the the protesting that their toddler is going to do. Whereas a baby, it's very hands-on and it's it's not just leaving them in the room to cry. And I don't do that for toddlers either, but toddler parents have a little bit more, oh, it's okay. He's fine for five minutes. We're in a baby. You want to be present. You want to be in the room. You want to do mm. something that's comforting to them. Um, so you didn't exactly miss the boat, but it is a little bit different method wise because you can't be rocking a toddler to sleep or, right. you know, rubbing their back because they're just going to get more frustrated because you're in the room and they want what they want. Yeah, of course. And I think there's a there's an element of guilt that a lot of moms carry, right? Um, or even dads carry with themselves or a caregiver about the concept of sleep training. But it is a good night's sleep is beneficial for the whole family. It is important for the entire family. Um, and you know, there's the there's some myths and there's research driven information about the benefits. Um, So perhaps you can explain us a couple of things, you know, how establishing a healthy benefit, bedtime routine is beneficial for the entire family. Um, And then what are some of the myths you might have come across um, that we can bust for moms who are contemplating sleep training, but carry this mom guilt um, with yeah, them usually. Absolutely. So I think the first is that establishing a healthy bedtime routine is beneficial for the family because it doesn't put all the pressure on the mom. So not, probably 95% of the time there is a parent who is the preferred parent. And that is a lot <laughs> of pressure, right? So like that mom can only put baby down because the baby won't take a bottle or mom can only put baby down because baby is, even if baby does take a bottle, just prefers mom. And that puts a lot of pressure and you can't do anything with your time. So you don't even get that break. Literally it's from the time they wake up to the time they go to sleep. But not only that, if the other parent, whether it's mom, dad, or, you know, a partner can come in and can help with that routine It is such a relief. And I have been the preferred parent many times, especially Mm -hmm. when my babies were little. And when my husband was able to start doing some of the bedtime routine, I was able to just walk away. And I was like, oh, I can either go sit on the couch or I can clean up or I can make dinner or I could just go out with friends. And I know that my child's going to be okay. Right. Um, But having that healthy routine with both parents or both partners is crucial because It takes the stress off of one parent, but also it gives bonding time to the other parent. Mm -hmm. It's also predictability in your day. So you know that 
the bedtime routine is the same, whether mom, dad, partner, grandparents do it. And the child knows that this is our bedtime routine, no matter who puts them to bed. And it just helps create a sense of bonding with the child and the other parent, but also in your relationship. It's so beneficial to not have that, um, that anger or frustration saying, well, you can never do this for me. And then being frustrated at the end of the day, because you don't get a break. And a sense of security for toddlers or even infants, right? I think children crave routine in their day-to-day life, whether it's with sleep, whether it's with getting ready, meal times, anything of that nature. And so sleep is just one of the, the many um, arenas uh, of routine that, that they would do better with if, if there is a, a pre-established routine. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, on the heels of that, I think um, some of the other myths we've heard about is um, the issue around cried out and fervor method, right? Because of which I think personally, sleep training got such a bad name. But like you said, um, you don't have to carry the mom guilt because not all sleep training or coaching methods include cried out. There's some gentle methods um, and there's some soothing ones where you can strike a balance um, between the cried out as well as, you know, having a a healthy established relationship with with the whole sleep coaching process. Any um, insights to shed on the CIO versus the gentle sleep method? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a combination of both. I like to say that, like I just said, your toddler's going to protest. And protesting is different than just leaving them to cry, but they're Mm going to also protest when you ask them to put on their shoes. They're going to protest when maybe you (laughs) put broccoli in front of them. And I think the mom guilt around sleep training comes from when cry it out got such a bad rep because they say, oh no, all you do when you sleep train is let them cry, which is not true. I have very parent present approaches. Um, I give lots of options because sometimes parents don't even know that there's other options. Um, I never suggest cry it out or fervor because that's not what I would do to my own children. So I'm not going to ask somebody else to do it to theirs. But I have had worked with people who have gone to that because they're like, I just need this over with. And they don't realize that it's not going to damage their child forever in the beginning. You know, like that's, that's where it got the bad rep. So where it actually got the bad rep was this one journal article that was published um, about an orphanage and letting a baby cry. And in Romania, right? Yep, exactly. So, yep. And that's how the whole cry it out kind of like, it's like, oh, it's so terrible to let your child cry. But so many people don't realize that it was not in a home with one or two parents or in a multi-generational home. It was literally in an orphanage. orphanage yeah. I have debunked that so many times for people. And they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, like you just want to hear what you want to hear sometimes. Yeah. And when you start presenting them with more facts, they're like, oh, wait, this is something I can do. I actually want to get more sleep. But also sometimes parents are so sleep deprived, they can't even make that logical connection. And then when they start getting a couple nights of rest or they get longer stretches, if they have a baby and they're like, Whoa, what is this newness? I like, I like this. I like how I feel. I feel like it can be a better parent. And when they make that connection, it's like amazing to see, because I love that. And that's an experience that I went through once. And I 
want to give everybody that experience. <laughs> I want to give everyone that experience as well. And I am so glad we have you as one of our coaches to be able to guide um, our listeners through such an important element of parenting. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Your insights offer a refreshing perspective, illuminating our approach to children's sleep and how we can guide them through a lifetime of restful nights, hopefully. Uh, Danielle, thanks again for joining us today. Thank, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us, Danielle. Your insights offer a refreshing perspective, illuminating our approach to children's sleep and how we can guide them towards a lifetime of restful nights. Dear listeners, as we take away this episode, remember that every hurdle in parenting is a stepping stone for growth, for our little ones and for us. And always keep in mind that you're not journeying alone. For more nuggets of wisdom, head over to website misspoppins.io. There you'll unearth a trove of resources from thought-provoking articles to captivating videos, all designed to support you on our parenting expedition. To simplify your journey further, we invite you to download the Miss Poppins app. Here, you can discover our selection of childcare professionals and parenting coaches, each offering their unique skills and packages. The cherry on top? You can purchase these packages at the top of a button. Isn't that a smooth rod towards enlightening parenthood? As we say goodnight to this episode, let's apply the wisdom we glean today. Remember, every restful night is a milestone in their growth, and each sleep challenge can be a gateway to understanding. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, I'm your host, Nikki, signing off from Unveiling a New View to Parenting. Stay curious, stay informed, and above all, stay patient.